You are listening to MAGA Weekly with Brendan Dilly in California and Magical Trevor. Welcome, everybody. We are back with our MAGA Weekly broadcast. And uh, God willing, we're not going to have any challenges tonight. I think we figured it out finally. Uh, let me see if I can invite my hosts, my co-hosts, uh, to join us here. So I sent one off. Let's send off the other one. We're going to bring in uh, Miguel California and my good friend, Magical Trevor. Let's see if the fellows are able to join Mikey there. Let's give him a second. It says that he's a co-host, but you never know. Yeah, I'm comes. here, bro. I'm here. Oh, my God, it works. Well, quick, let's get the show going. It might... <laughs> I know. Say everything you need to say right now. Yeah, I love everybody. Good night. Oh, excellent, dude. You sound perfect, too. Let's see if uh, Magical Trevor's in here. How you doing, brother? He's muted. So, Trev is still getting on, it looks like, but it's got him muted. Mike, are you still there? I sure am, bro. Okay, so we got so you and I have got ours going. I'm not sure what Trev is doing. You just never know what he's doing in there. <laughs> he's magical. I know he's being magical. He's being a wizard. Hopefully, he's got his audio uh, straight because I know he was having some challenges as well. But dude, uh, excited to be here with you this week. Uh, obviously, last week we were a no go because nobody bothered to tell us to just simply restart our phones. So that was amazing. And the week before that, Mike, it was probably your most incredible show where you attempted to join the co-host uh, 47 times and it never worked. So, yes, I was um, <laughs> I had a lot of brilliance to share. Unfortunately, that all went away. So. <laughs> all right. So the good news is, everybody, we're back for our MAGA Weekly uh, discussions. We're doing them every Tuesday night at 730. It'll always be hosted by myself co-hosted with Miguelifornia and our good friend, Magical Trevor. So uh, all three of us are here tonight. We're going to have some fun. It's certainly been a big uh, week. We'll bring you guys in fairly quickly as well. I want to get some opinions. I see lots of wonderful, smart people in here right now. If you guys could just make sure you share this out, let's grow this damn show. And uh, you guys kind of know I have a propensity for pissing off all the right people. And so the more you share this, the more likely one of these dickheads will meander in here. And then you can hear me uh, put somebody in their place actually on Twitter. So it'll be just great. <laughs> but uh, very excited. Mike, let's get things started with a recap. Still waiting for Magical Trevor to jump on here. His mic looks like it's muted. I don't know if he's having problems. But, Mike, um, I was thinking we could open up and discuss, you and I, uh, initially, what are your thoughts with how the Waco, Texas rally went? Uh, it, it was It was epic, man. I'm so happy it's rally season again. It was just beautiful. The crowd was beautiful. And it's nice now because the Dilly 300 is expanding, and we're going to have people at every rally now. And it's so great to have somebody there and uh, Twitter friends that are up front and giving us insight. And uh, God bless the uh, the 300, and God bless Donald Trump, man, for his energy. Amen, dude. Uh, I think that's something that you and I, we discuss this. You know, we're friends, so we talk about things, and and. You know, I've mentioned it on the show so far, dude. He doesn't have to do this. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't have to do this, and he's still out there, and he loves the country, and he loves the American public. You can tell he's got a genuine, genuine uh, good heart for the people. And here he is. You know, I watch him, and I mean, just think of the commitment it takes. 
you know, it's hard for those of us, you know, whether, you know, you're in your twenties, fine. You got lots of energy. You should be in shape, but in your thirties, you're still going strong. Forties. You're kind of like, ah, oh, you got pair, you know, you got family stuff going on. You're slowing down a little bit. Business is crazy. Fifties, kind of the same thing. Dude, this man is like, got himself on a diet at 76 years old, working out, playing golf every single day, all with the entire focus of getting himself into the best shape possible to do a job that uh, is thankless. And he's going to end up doing it probably for free again. It just, it really says a lot about his character, Mike, don't you think? Uh, 100%. I mean, that's why I wrote that song like four years ago. You stood for us. It's a debt we can't repay. And everyone's like, oh, it's a cult. You think he's Jesus. No, we don't. It's the, the most incredible act of patriotism I think this country's ever seen. And uh, it's overwhelming sometimes. And I'm just so happy to be alive at this moment. People talk about the greatest generation, all these different times. We're specifically here alive at this moment. And you touched about it today on the show. We're alive at this moment to do what we do and to observe it. And like you said, the snapshot, this window, it's not going to be here forever, man. And you said that years ago. Hey, man, brother. I, I actually thought when they hijacked what we were doing and we all got booted off of Twitter, you know, that was the end of an era. Uh, they, they had run us off of social media, one of the most uh, effective means of spreading information and teaching and helping people. And they had uh, essentially, you know, they had essentially destroyed our ability to connect with one another. And it looked like it might be the end of uh, an era. And and it was for a long time. And then, you know, Elon Musk buys this place. And we all get back on here and it's it's like the fucking culture on here was not ready for MAGA to cut to return. You can tell uh, those that stayed on here were soft as baby shit. Uh, not all of them. Some of you guys are great, but a lot of them were just really weak. And you can tell because they're just not accustomed to having to defend their positions in, in a certain kind of way. And they're also not used to being shit posted, which takes its own skill set. Right. And so well, uh, yeah. it's been it's been interesting. What's your experience been like, Mike, since you've been back on Twitter and certainly now that we got our first rally under our belts? Well, once again, I thank God for uh, Elon Musk, because who's ever whoever crafted this car, Rolf, this DeSantis uh, meatball plan. Uh, we were not in the PowerPoint, right? It's like we're just going to come on. We're going to say he's a nicer Trump and he's more presidential. And we're going to astroturf and convince everybody that Trump's over. And Elon Musk led us on, dude. It's almost a divine appointment. And we're on here and we're like, uh, no, 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 no. It's not going to happen. So we are not in the PowerPoint. I don't think they expected us. And this is just fucking glorious. I agree with you, Mike. I think that certainly from the very first time we got back on here, and I see one of our listeners, uh, our good friend Michael Engelman, he's Dilly 300. He had hosted me uh, on one of his spaces right when I got back on here. And it was very apparent that people were not ready for pushback against the anointing of DeSantis. And we pretty much landed and started swinging on anyone and everyone. And I didn't give a fuck. You know, I get like, there's a lot of great Patriots. Oh man, I'm leaning to Santa's. Okay. Pussy. You can lean to Santa's all you want, but we're going to body this fucker and his entire campaign. And it is absolutely a, a zero fucking, uh, we're not taking any prisoners. 
and we're going to, and, and I put it in the Newsweek, you know, Newsweek quoted me, you know, we're going to meme him like, uh, you know, into oblivion. You know, we're going to, we're going to meme that disloyal dog into oblivion was my quote from Newsweek at the end of January. And lo and behold, Donald Trump starts serving up ass whippings uh, pretty much every other day. And it just fed into what we were doing, which is a combination of doing comedy, but also dropping knowledge in, 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 in as far as the memes go about how DeSantis has been governing and what his intent is, who his funding is coming from. And actually, I see our other co-host is here, so I'll bring him in for this. Trev, uh, let's see if your, your mic's working and everything. Can you hear me now? Ah, you sound perfect, brother. And, and we got you on here at the perfect time because, Trev, I want your opinion. You know, we got on here, and obviously you, one of the uh, godfathers of memeing, We've got you here. We've got many memers here that are we're not just doing this for comedy, but we're doing it for the purpose of educating the general public about things they may not be aware of, especially as the machine of political uh, sort of appointing goes. Uh, they weren't expecting certainly us to be there. So, Trev, could you speak to a little bit to that as far as when we first all kind of arrived back on here uh, as an entire squad in December or uh, January, rather, to, from the, the progression from there to, to now? Uh, pretty much going against President Trump's number one rival right now, which is Team Meatball. Yeah, I mean, it, there's kind of two classes of people that that uh, appeared on the platform, and that there's some people that kind of stayed through the whole thing. They never got banned. They never had uh, any issues or anything like that. Most of those people were a lot of those people were just people that kind of laid low and, and didn't rock the boat too much and stuff and kind of bided their time. Um, and then there's the group that for some reason, inexplicably, they're able to dodge bands and have never had really any issues and things like that. And and they're outspoken and have no problems, you know, posting whatever they, they feel like posting and they don't get any pushback for it. Um, it's just kind of interesting to see that dynamic, but yeah, I mean, when we hit, the platform heavy with the with the Ron DeSantis memes. I mean, it was funny watching these these folks going, uh, you know, getting shocked and upset by, oh, that's such a mean, you know, you're being mean. He's this is our side. It's unity. And it's like none of you were there in in 2016, 2015, or you know, and some 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 of these folks were earlier uh, than that, where it was like. You know, people were bashing on Cruz and Jeb and, and sort of like these establishment Republicans that you don't touch. And, you know, a, a lot of these memers, they're not Republicans. They're they're not, uh, you know, they're conservative, sure. And they're, you know, pro-life and, and, ha and have a lot of the same beliefs that, that Republicans have. But they're not what you would classify as Republicans. So for them to go after like a Jeb Bush or a, a Ted Cruz or things like that was absolutely normal. The point was is that Donald Trump was fighting for the same things that they were fighting for. And what started off as kind of a joke, I mean, it was almost, it was the meme is like, let's get Donald Trump elected. Wouldn't that be funny? And then when people started listening to what he had to say and went, oh, wait a minute. Okay. This is kind of not a joke. This is actually we might actually get some traction here and we're seeing the same thing happen i mean it started off as kind of a joke to, to joke around about meatball and say i'll oh, meatball this and meatball that and kind of knock DeSantis a little bit but then you're starting to watch some of these other memers that have kind of been kind of quiet on it 
all of a sudden start to post memes where they're, hey, hang on a second, that's not right. What is what's going on with Christina Prashal? What what are her ties back to, uh, you know, the Ukraine? What are her ties with this guy uh, Cardiff and uh, or Cardillo, sorry, and you know his ties to this uh, equipment that supposedly went to the Ukraine? What's going on with this with Jeb Bush endorsing him? We don't like Jeb Bush. We know Jeb Bush from the last go around. This is this is garbage. So a lot of these guys are starting you're starting to see them be more vocal as they're starting to pick up the hey this this is 2015 2016 all over again you are absolutely right trevor and great to hear from you by the way man you sound perfect on your uh, on your line but uh you're you're absolutely right and one of the things that's becoming very apparent on the twitter platform right now and i'm not sure how many people are picking up on this um but you will in the in the months to come the really interesting dynamic is we're starting to figure out who actually has coalitions of support online and who has a bunch of bullshit fucking bots that are either a lot of these people either have giant followings from dead accounts that nobody is utilizing. So they get shitty interaction or they've tried to buy bots and they have absolutely zero engagement. So you're really figuring out your power players are not based on the total number of followers right now because you can watch and you, you can see much smaller accounts uh, ratioing large accounts simply because either their their followers are bullshit or the followers that they have are stagnant and they've had them for years and the people have probably abandoned the uh, platform. So you're, what's fascinating about this is you can tell the way Team DeSantis went about recruiting when it came to giant follower counts, they got a bunch of bum-ass fucking uh, boomers and other dorks who had giant accounts, but really don't they don't actually command coalitions of people. Like, they don't have diehard fans. They don't have people who are going to get down into the uh, in the mud with them to support them. And so if they've got shitty ideas or shitty opinions, it's very easy to take uh, their quote followers and turn them on them. So it's, it's an interesting time right now on social media for this reason, especially because as Twitter continues to clean up the bot problems and continues to remove them. And it sounds like we got major changes coming now that Elon essentially is going to be making the, uh, I guess the sales pitch or the advantage to having a Twitter blue account much, much greater you know, the incentivization there to, to become a, a participant is huge because you're going to be able to vote on stuff. You're not going to be able to vote in polls anymore if you don't have that on Twitter. You're also going to have a whole bunch of other really cool um, features you're not going to have access to. So it's fascinating right now to see they tried to run an old paradigm social media campaign from a, a foregone, you know, a lo- yesteryear, 2016, 2018, 2020 in 2023 on a platform that is evolving and changing and worst of all for all of these fucking astroturfing pricks is it's a platform that finally let pretty much Donald Trump's army of shit posters return to it all at once. So I think that's been a very fascinating dynamic. It makes it so much fun. The energy has been incredible, especially when we consider we just had our very first rally, the official numbers coming out, something like 25,000 people in attendance out in Waco. Um, and, and that's in the middle of nowhere in a relatively cold uh, part of the country. Right, Mike? I mean, it's. Yeah. Did, did you nail it? The paradigm thing. That's what I was going to say, man. Um, they're living under the old paradigm, right? They think they can flood Fox News and we give a fuck. I mean, I haven't watched Fox News since uh, Brett Bear called Arizona 
way too early. We discredit them, but our voice wasn't out there, right? So we've been sharpening our knives, literally, and here we are. Because, I mean, you look at Ramble or Dre or Phantom. Each one of them is a fucking Rambo. They can take down whatever with their memeing. And then you put 25 of us together, and then you multiply it by the Dilly 300. It's like, fuck you. Oh, wait, don't you teach a Bible study? Oh, yeah, I do. But seriously, fuck you for for living under this old paradigm. This Jeb Bush, I'm serious. When you say, oh, funded by Bush and Carl Rove's running his campaign, game over, motherfucker. It's over. And Team Meatball is soft. So if you guys are listening, I know you are. You're soft. We're having fun with you now. The Christina Peshaw memes, the, dude, we're making ourselves laugh because you have zero pushback and you got no answer. Next yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mike. Yeah, go ahead, Trev. Then, Sorry, jump in there. That's okay. And the interesting thing is, I mean, if you recall, I mean, like uh, the whole reason Obama, you know, won was because he sort of embraced the whole social media thing. I mean, the the Republicans didn't really get any steam behind that all throughout both uh, uh, the uh, both ele- general election for Obama and in. Uh, they've just finally got their head sort of around it with Trump, and that was because a lot of these ex-Obama, ex-Bernie supporter people came over and started pushing really hard on social media. So these guys, a lot of these these old Jeb Bush type of Republicans, they don't, they still don't get social media. They still don't understand it. And you put on top of that the fact that it's evolving around them, they're even further behind. So. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, look at it. You got, oh, I'm sorry, buddy. You got Shane Ritchie. You got Preston. They don't understand the social media game where we have eyes everywhere. They don't, just like when Harmy Dillon hit like on this friggin' swamp post, who we saw it. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. I gotta, I gotta, I'm being watched. Yeah, you're being watched. And everything you do is being analyzed because we're in this age of zero tolerance of bullshit. And you're handing us a Manchurian puppet candidate with DeSantis and we're spitting right in your face and you don't know what the fuck to do. No, and you're absolutely right, Mike. They don't have a counter punch. They have to go, they have to hold meetings. Um, you know, they're, they're holding meetings. They're, they're fleshing out uh, ideas and strategies. And literally the entire time they're trying to do that, we're deep digging their candidate, you know, five points a, a week. I mean, right now, when you think about what president Trump's accomplished just with basic uh, attacks, right? Like very basic attacks, he deploys them. It draws people in. And then the meme team and, and a lot of the, uh, the Trump supporting social media influencers are on here and good fucking luck, man. Cause the bottom line is you're going to have to beat us with facts in the, in right now, what we are spinning regarding DeSantis, dude, we're not even talking about the way he wears his fucking gay little pants. I'm not talking about his little uh, mini-me walk that he's, you know, when he goes striding through the uh, parking lot because he's bow-legged. I haven't even talked about any of the, the really superficial shit. We're dealing with somebody with a shitty voting record in Congress, a fucking fraudulent gubernatorial record in Florida where for some reason they are they are pressing and pushing this idea that DeSantis uh you know Florida is where where woke goes to die what are you out of your fucking mind Disney literally laughed in his face and is holding a, a giant gay pride summit the day after they executed the you know the alleged uh, you know negotiation between them and and DeSantis that was going to put Disney in their place he's so full of shit not only that 
Trev, you've had your own experience where the you know, he oh we're we're gonna get masks out of schools. And the districts literally were like, fuck you, pal, what are you gonna do about it? And you know what he did? Not a goddamn thing. All he did was sit on television and tout how he had gotten masks out of schools for kids. But the reality is the districts were ignoring him. And he didn't have the teeth to send the county or the sheriffs in to do anything about it because the way he got this masks out of schools essentially did not leave him any means of, of enforcement. So it was all fraud. The whole thing's a fucking fraud. This isn't about the way he talks or his dopey-ass campaign manager or his fucking weird-ass wife that thinks she's like Jackie O. This is about his shitty legislation, his dirty-ass money, and his fraudulent gubernatorial uh, campaign. And, and so, far, so far, what he's done in Florida, it's not as impressive as you think. Oh, we've got red flag laws. Oh, well, you know what? Don't worry, guys. We're going to get constitutional carry done. Oops, sorry, just kidding. We're not going to get that done because I'm a giant puss and I can't actually negotiate. I don't have the skill set to get that done. So really what we're doing is we're doing like this kind of hype, you know, bullshit hybrid model of uh, constitutional carry that's not quite constitutional carry. And OPS, by the way, the red flag laws are going to stay on the books. Oopsie, just don't don't look here. This is why they're getting bodied. Forget the fact that they they do not have the messaging. The bottom line is he doesn't have the record. He doesn't have the voting record. He doesn't have the legislative record, the negotiating record, and he doesn't have the fucking talent. So forget that, you know, I hear Fox hosts go, oh, it's his charisma is the problem. No, dude, you could be dry as fuck. I don't give a shit. You don't got to come out here and be a comedian. Leave that to the professionals. We don't need you to be funny. We don't need you to be Donald Trump. But you can't negotiate the deals that you say you can. You don't actually have the legislative prowess to get shit done that actually is going to help Americans. So that's where I think that they're getting hit in the mouth. And because they lack substance, they have not formulated an adequate counterpunch. All they have got every time they go to the bag is he's fighting the woke liberals. He's fighting the woke liberals. And that shit is playing only so long. I think that is a, a very tired narrative that is easily disproven. Well, yeah, yeah I he's mean, got. And, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. And yeah, he's got a, a majority Republican, you know, uh, House and, and Senate, and he's got a, you know, a big push, a big freedom push going through Florida right now. And he's got people moving here specifically for the freedoms that is, you know, that are supposedly here that have always been here, by the way. I mean, it's just not, you know, we've always been a tax free state. We've always had a lot of the sort of looser regulations and things like that that's why a lot of people that uh, you know sort of come from up north I mean, i've lived here my entire life the the main thing is is that you know we've already got these things in place and he's riding that wave of uh, of of this freedom wave and saying oh i'm doing all these things when he's not actually doing anything and he could be doing so much more he's got all of the ammunition he's got all of the backing and i just you know it's all superficial so yeah, and they think they think because I posted that video of of Lion Ted. It's like, oh, he's Donald Trump's going to appoint a liberal uh, Supreme Court justice. He's not going to build the wall. He's going to take away your guns. Lion Ted. They think right before it was like, well, this is what Trump's going to do, and everyone's like, well, I'm not sure. I'm going to go with my gut with Trump. Trump's got fucking scoreboard, bro. You think DeSantis is going to come in and you know it's the same people? So I'm from the take of and i know you guys are too if anybody's saying desantis desantis pushing desantis they're anti-trump number one and they don't believe there was election fraud because if you did be you'd be like he's a rightful president let's get his fucking ass back in there 
So this whole movement, this astroturfing movement is bullshit. And so we're crushing it online. And seriously, Team Meatball, we haven't even warmed up, bro. We're laughing at you. We're like a cat playing with a fucking string. Wait till we get serious. And you know what, Mike, one of the things that I like to point out, too, is uh, it's pretty adorable because what they'll say, and I saw this, Katrina Pearson said this yesterday, she's goofy as fuck. She goes on Twitter and she's uh, she's ranting about how Trump supporters are delusional and social media and Twitter is not real life. Okay, that's real cute, honey. Uh, Then how come as this is happening, how come it's a two prong approach? And this is where people don't realize It's true. Twitter is not the end-all, be-all biggest social media platform. It's the megaphone, though. It starts here. And so what happens when you are getting polling done in in March of 2023, and this is where there's – they damn well know what this means. In March of 2023, your average American is completely – disassociated and uninterested in politics right now. They're living their lives. They're trying to survive the Biden economy. They're just trying to survive, pay gas, you know, prices that are up from what they're accustomed to, food prices, home prices, you name it, right? They're just living their lives. So who is it that's actually engaging in these polling calls? Who's actually staying on the phone to answer and and answer their questions when a pollster calls? I got news for you. It's fucking political junkies. And where do political junkies hang out? Twitter. So these stupid fucks can go ahead and pretend social media is not having an impact. But at the end of the day, almost all of your polling that's being done, the people who are actually answering those polling phone calls are people who are absolutely hooked on this process. They're people that are passionate about politics and are plugged in entirely. And guess what? If you're winning the fucking ground in which they walk every single day, which is the social media platform known as Twitter, then it's going to impact when they get that phone call, how are they answering? So, At the end of the day, like right now, this is where it's so critical. You have to be able to control the narrative, especially that perception early on. Right now, the bottom line is the the people who stay plugged in with politics year in and year out, day in and day out, are the ones who are on social media, specifically on Twitter. And they are the ones more than likely responding to a lot of the pollsters who call and say, hey, can I have 10 minutes of your time? Therefore, it is critical to continue to win this battleground at this juncture, despite what anybody else says. We all can see what what DeSantis is going to try and do. He's going to try to form a coalition in most of the blue moderate states to try and pick them off. He's that's why he went to California. That's why he went to fucking Nevada. That's why he's he's been out to New Jersey. This is what he's his goal is. He's like, I'm going to go try to get the moderate Republicans in these states who have always had a problem with the way Donald Trump talks. And I'm going to try and get them in and gin up some support. However, we've never hidden what our, what our intent was. And I'm pretty sure this was Donald Trump's intent. Not that he ever said anything to me, but I knew logically speaking, strategically speaking, the goal is to bludgeon DeSantis to the point that he, it's not a decision of whether he get wants to run or not. We are bludgeoning him in the fucking polls so that his donors bail and it's working. It's being published everywhere. His numbers are cratering. And I know uh, Raheem Kassim, he was one of the people that said that he thinks that that uh, DeSantis has probably peaked. This is the highest his polling will ever be, was probably a few months ago. And from here, it's only going to get worse and worse now. Well, wait a second. You say, dude, yeah. if you're explaining, you're losing, bro. So, you know, Carl Rove's on a call going, what in the fuck am I paying you guys for? He's down 20 points. Well, social media doesn't really matter, bro. That's 30, that's 30 points, Mike, 30 points. <laughs> 31 now. 
<laughs> so, all right. So that's probably enough team meatball discussion, but I think it is relevant because it, it look, president Trump's made it a central theme. If you guys saw what he released today, uh, he, he put it out on true social uh, and he's releasing it through the, you know, the different various Trump Twitter platforms. Uh, you know, he's still going after DeSantis and why not? You, you take care of your biggest problem first and he's a problem because he divides your base and you can solve it fairly quickly. Once you get rid of him, there's no one else that's going to step in and uh, be a problem. Uh, no one else will be in your way. Chris Christie could quite literally be in your way, but not at the uh, ballot box. So I think that's kind of where we're at with that particular uh, subject. With that being said, we just had the rally. We've got DeSantis essentially. I think he's honestly on the ropes. I think it's looking real bad right now, which then brings us to. We just found out this afternoon that the grand jury will not be voting on whether or not to indict President Trump this week. They have then punted yet another week. So it's only Tuesday. It's not like they were making this decision late in the week. It is only fucking Tuesday. And about midday this afternoon, they decided, yeah, we are not going to be voting to indict him today. Trev, what are your thoughts so far on this this particular thing? Is this... Do you think they keep delaying because they can't get the vote necessary? I understand that there's, I believe there's 23 grand jurors. They need a majority uh, in order to move forward with the indictment. Do you think they're having a problem getting that majority? I think they are, actually. And I think the the biggest problem that they're having is the fact that they're no longer working in the dark. So, I mean, a lot of people kind of had this on the back burner and weren't really paying a whole lot of attention to it. And then Donald Trump sent out treat. Hey, they're they're thinking about arresting me this this week or on Tuesday or whatever. Uh, might want to pay attention. And then all of a sudden, you know, it starts coming to light and all of this new evidence and stuff come or new old evidence. It's the same evidence, but it's just not it's it's been excluded from the trial for some reason you know that people start discussing michael cohen's whole background and history and and sort of where he's at and uh i i think they're at a point where they were they felt they had a strong case while they were working in the dark and now that all eyes are on it they uh they don't feel so strongly about it so they're they're kind of hitting a road bump there i think you're absolutely right trev it definitely it ain't looking good right now and i i think what president trump did and, and what has happened is he bought himself the time necessary to educate the masses on what they were about to do. And that is a really difficult thing because if you're in the final, you're in the bottom of the ninth and Donnie J decides to uh, bring in the heater that you weren't expecting to play that night. And that's what he did when he, when they had Cohen's lawyer show up the Monday, then 24 hours before they were to vote to indict he has Cohen's lawyer show up with all kinds of documents to testify. And what nobody, including the DA, realized is that Cohen's lawyer had proof that Michael Cohen had waived his attorney client privilege. And this essentially was the moment that Donald Trump and, and the truth uh, cut the nuts off of this entire situation because he walked in with the evidence that Michael Cohen was in fact the one that that was paying Stormy Daniels, not with Donald Trump's money, but with his own money. And that Michael Cohen had stated unequivocally that what they were now accusing Donald Trump of, he had already stated unequivocally to the FEC, this never happened. We never, this never occurred. And now you, you know, it took about 48 hours for that to germinate in the public eye. And then you have the Stormy Daniels uh, declaration that she had never had any kind of affair with Donald Trump. Then that comes out. And so now if you're the, the district attorney and you've been placed there to do one thing and one thing only, which is to indict Donald Trump, 
you pretty much just had a giant bomb go off in the hull of your ship and you don't have a counterpoint. There isn't going to be a crime there. What's so fascinating about this, you guys, is think about what they did with the Mueller investigation. Think about how many lawyers that they employed on that bullshit fucking uh, fishing expedition. 36 lawyers, I think it was, 38, 40 of your top legal corrupt cunts in America, okay? And you paid them somewhere around $50 million over the course of two fucking years. And you're trying to convince me that those 40 assholes who couldn't find a crime, they couldn't do it with all that damn money, couldn't do it. But some fucking local Southern District of New York uh, district you know, lawyer with his little crack team of fucking government l- losers are going to be the ones to bring down Trump on some shit that already had been. You've already looked through this whole thing front to back every which way for three and a half, two and a half, three and a half years. They've been trying to find a way to indict this guy since way before he ever became a, a president or even a candidate. And this isn't the guy uh, you can tell Alvin Bragg is not the guy. He doesn't have a crime. If there was a crime, they never would have allowed him to become president in the first place. They would have been able to stop him. They didn't have it then. They didn't have it when he ran for reelection and they sure as fuck don't have it now. And it's just one of these things. Now I think they're trying to figure out how do we get out of the octagon? We're not ready for a fight. We don't have anything we can bring. And not only that, Bragg has to know there's a very real possibility that if he brings this case forward, he himself may in fact be facing a case of his own for prosecutorial misconduct. So very fascinating times. I'm, I'm very interested to see how that all shakes out. But right now, again, we are it's Tuesday and we already have the announcement. You know, there's not going to be any anticipation of a vote because they already eliminated that possibility this afternoon by saying there will not be a vote held until next week now. So, well, I think it was just, I think it was just an astroturfing campaign. They're like, someone's like, well, we know we ain't going to get him. The guy's weak, but Hey, it's going to rev up some Trump hatred. And of course, 45 flipped it on him and it boomeranged and now we're laughing. So. Yeah. And it, you know, it's interesting because, you know, Bragg, just like you said, he's kind of this low level AG in the Southern District of New York. And it's been this Letitia James that have been chasing him down all this time, case after case after case. And this is what they're, they've landed on. This is the sort of the last thing they've got here. And it's the same rehashed, re- recycled garbage. And she throws this Bragg guy out there to basically be the meat shield. And <laughs> I don't think it's going to go very well for him. And I think he's probably figuring that out right now. So. Um, you know, it, it's funny to watch that. It's funny to watch uh, Stormy Daniels' story change and, you know, went from, you know, we had sex and all this other stuff and we had this affair, blah, 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 to there was no affair to, you know, okay, well, he actually cornered me in the room. And it's just this whole wander. It's like the story changes every single time it, this thing comes around. And it's so obviously, and nobody's buying it. No one's buying it except for the, the extreme TDS people. Well, you can usually trust stripper porn star. I, I don't know. The whole thing's surprising. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that. What's so weird about this is like, isn't it strange the way culturally how deranged America has gotten? And, you know, and I've ranted about this on the show. Like for those of you guys who have never watched the Dilly show, some of you might be just tuning in like, hey, I follow this asshole on Twitter. Look, man, I'm an old school kind of guy. I judge your ass. I don't hide it. 
I, you know, if you want to give me fucking advice, you want to tell me how the world works, you better be prepared to prove up some shit. You better not be fucking, uh, you know, broke as hell. You better not be loveless and lonely as shit. And you better not be unhealthy as fuck. Because if you check all those three boxes, the three major aspects of life, which is being able to provide for yourself, take care of yourself, and uh, have relationships and love and, and, and all that kind of stuff. If you're not checking any of those boxes, man, I don't want to hear what you have to fucking say. And it's so weird because we've totally changed it to where we took the idea of equality and we were like, everybody's equal. And it's like, no, we're fucking not. We all start out equal. And then that shit changes dramatically. Everybody is not equal. Not every, not, not everybody's opinion is worth the same as the person next to them. And Stormy Daniels is a great example. This whore, this fucking whore has literally been with like 3,000 dudes. I think she used to hold the record for like largest gangbang or some shit back in the day. This is like... This is the antithesis of anything you would ever want someone you know to grow up to become, okay? This is bottom of the barrel dog shit human humanity. And for some reason, society's like, she's credible. Because what? She's attacking somebody you don't like? Yes, that's why. It's the strangest shit, and I see it all the time. Every day in this country, we, we let losers fucking run rampant with what they've got to say, their opinions, and no one ever checks to be like, does this fucking person who's ranting at me right now have anything I want in life? And if the answer is no, why the fuck is anybody listening to them? And yet here we are, and this is where we're at. Stormy Daniels, the case consists of a fucking whore and a lawyer who's convicted a convicted felon. That's the case. It's a convicted felon and a whore he paid off versus President Donald J. Trump. And they actually think that this is going to work or that it, anybody is even believing it. It's, it's unbelievable to me. If I had a mic drop, I would have dropped it. Yeah, I did it, but the mic was off. Boom. Da, 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 da. Yeah, and dude, it's so much fun, though. I just want to thank everybody for joining us, too, because these are like our phone conversations, right, Trev? It's like, this is awesome, dude. And we love America, and we don't have a, the agenda is America first and saving the country for our kids and grandkids. That's our agenda, and we're having fun. And this team that's assembled, I mean, it's the who's who royalty here in this room. And so God bless America, and God bless Donald Trump and their whole family. Yeah, you know, it is one of the things that's unique too, Mike, is when uh, I think you allow people to get into in, in everybody on, on our team and people who are pushing. Dude, we're not beholden to anybody. I'm self-made. I have sponsors. They're great people. They all understand. I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want all the time. And if that's something you're uncomfortable with, you know, you, here's your money and fucking you find a different show. So I'm beholden to no one. I don't have a full-time job. This is what I do. I wrote my own book. I'm self-published. You can't fucking cancel me. They can all eat my ass. I don't care. Mike, you are fucking self-made yourself as well. You and Trev. None of us are beholden to anybody. Most of our meme team, same exact way. And this is one of the fun things. You're not going to always like or agree with where we're coming from. And I fully understand that. I'm crass and disgusting. And I understand is, we are not going to have a message that's going to resonate with everybody. However... You're never going to have to wonder if some Ukrainian foreign influenced fucking uh, plastic faced bitch came to me and asked me if I wanted to help support the Trump campaign and started paying me a monthly dividend. Not going to happen. We do this because we legitimately love this country. We legitimately love our community and we legitimately admire and support the policies of Donald J. Trump. This is not about hero worshiping. We're not those kind of men. We are our own men. We honor Donald Trump because Donald Trump stuck his 
neck out with policies that prevented and protected our families and prevented them from being harmed and allowed our economy to thrive and honestly allowed us to experience what America used to be for one year. And that year was 2019. It was glorious. Everything was coming together. And then the uh, obviously we had the derailment with the COVID bullshit. But at the end of the day, you're going to listen to a lot of different people on these Twitter spaces. You're going to hear from a lot of different influencers. Just know that most of those fuckers are none of them are self-made. They're all on the payroll of somebody. Most of them are taking money for their opinions. They're having their opinions shaped by how much they're being paid. They're getting paid based on click. They're getting paid. Uh, they're also withholding information based on what they're allowed to tell you because their bosses said they can only go so far. So like I said, I know this is probably not going to be the Twitter space that for everyone, but at least you're going to get an honest opinion from people who are not beholden to anybody. So I hope that. Well, yeah, that, that, well, that, that was that was true at, at CPAC, bro. We didn't fit in. <laughs> We're like, OK, now what? Let's get the fuck. Let's go have a steak. Right. And we didn't fit in. Yeah, it totally was because you saw people posturing. Right. And there were so many people there that built their backs on MAGA, and then when Donald Trump got ripped off, they didn't know what to do, right? And so they tried to scramble, and a lot of them took money from people they shouldn't have, and we got receipts on everything. So, And plus, nobody wants to be content, dude. Nobody wanted to talk to us. One of the funniest things that's happened so far in this cycle is I'm like, how the hell did... So Donald Trump <clears throat> essentially is the... He, he gobbles up all of the uh, the talented beamers. Have you noticed this? So like everybody who's capable of doing a counterpunch uh, politically resides in one camp because the meatball crew can't meme to save their fucking lives. They're a bunch of dorks. Most of them are humorless. So they're not capable of putting together something that's even remotely cool or funny or, or uh, you know, viral. And we won't even get started talking about Democrats because literally they're they're legendary as far as how shitty they are at, at memeing. And it's funny because like even just my wife, my wife is in here right now. Randy puts out an absolutely for those of you who saw the meme from Friday night, it was Christina Peshaw having a, I guess, discussion, you know, appointment with her boss, Ron DeSantis. My wife, uh, Randy, played both characters. And it went mega viral, dude. There's not a clap back to that video. There is no, there's nobody on Team DeSantis that's like, oh, I'll do something of equal hilarity because they don't have the talent. They flat out do not have anybody that's talented enough to pull something like that off. And we're doing it day in and day out and having fun with it. And it's coming from a very organic place. And uh, I think it's only going to get better and better, especially the closer we get to primary season. This is This whole thing is going to get, <clears throat> Very interesting as the uh, next couple of months tick off the calendar. Did we just lose Trev? Yeah, it looks like it. What'd you do, Mike? <laughs> Don't blame me, bro. I'm having fun, dude. Dude, this show's going to be great. Thank you for everybody for tuning in. This is this is awesome, man. I'm glad you're having fun. I am having fun as well. Hold on. I think I'm going to invite Trev to speak again and see if it'll <clears throat> let him back on. Okay. We've got a few people that have been requesting to speak and they've, uh, they've got some opinions and, and things they want to talk about. <clears throat> and I want to open up the line real quick. And the first person we're going to have, let's see, I'm going to grab, uh, Trev's grab there, man, if you want to reinvite Trev, man, he's back. Okay. I'm going to invite to speak. Okay. So I'm inviting Trev to speak. Let's see if we can't get him back on. I'm not sure what's going on with that. Is he good? Is he okay? He's on there. So then, um, 
I just brought in Christy. Uh, let's. Uh, what do you got to add, hon? I, I see you, you can go ahead and un unmute yourself. Hey, guys. Um, love all three of you. This is going to kind of sound like Jim Pisaki and we're circling back. And I apologize. I didn't mean to go full forehead. But when you spoke at the beginning, you were talking about Twitter and you were talking about how it's changed. I just, I'm curious because you guys are like experts at this. You guys have been on it. You've been banned. You've done everything. How do you guys feel going forward what the Twitter landscape is going to be? Because it kind of feels like, I don't want to use the word safe space because that sounds like a liberal fucktard term, but it feels like if you are, have a business or a charity or something like that, like it's a fair playing field. Do you guys feel that same way or what do you guys, what are your thoughts? Because it really feels like we're kind of getting a fair shake. Yeah, we got our bots, we got our trolls and we keep getting them. But it kind of feels like it's changed. And I just want your guys' opinion on that. Yeah, I'll go first, Mike, then we'll have you jump on here. Um, yes, it has changed dramatically. The Right now, what you're experiencing is the early phases still of Twitter. You got to remember, you know, Elon Musk has only owned this thing for a few months. He's still digging out a lot of nefarious uh, dickheads. Okay, there's a lot of bad people still trying to upset the apple cart. He's trying to turn this into a legitimate, real website. It's got to be – right now, he already knows he's taking a bath. Uh, I think he's – at this juncture, he thinks it's worth about $20 billion, so he basically paid double what it was worth. However, um, the investment will pay off, but he can only pay off if Twitter – uh, it continues to stay committed to the integrity of free speech. It is so important. It doesn't mean you're not going to occasionally get your wrist slapped. It doesn't mean there's not still uh, shady-ass people working at the company to try and silence certain people. But the only way this thing's going to turn into what he's envisioning, because he, he needs it to be more than what it is right now, because what it is right now, it, it's not going to financially make sense long-term. And he does have investors. Elon did not pay with his own fucking money. What he did was he he rallied some cash, which means he's on the hook for a large portion of Twitter. And I do believe he's going to turn it all the way around. He's going to have to do payment processing eventually with Twitter. He has to continue to um, clean up, I believe, the the uh, misinformation on Twitter, which he's doing a really good good job of that by removing bots is the fastest way and then allowing a legitimate forum to, for people to debate and argue ideas is also another great way of overcoming and allowing the the uh the the essentially the community to police itself so it's getting better it does feel more stable i'm still shocked every morning if i wake up and i have a twitter account because I've, i'm just so accustomed to being censored but we're moving in the right direction with it the other thing i was going to mention christy and, and then mike you can jump in here the other thing is as word spreads of a legitimate platform that's free speech, it's still spreading. I'm telling you, this place ain't even got, it's not even cracking yet. Donald Trump hasn't even fired off that first tweet. When Donnie J gets back on here and fires off that first tweet, all hell's gonna break loose. And we're not even at to that level yet. You're still in, in what I think is probably the infancy stages of Twitter. Um, and once you've experienced Twitter, especially as it makes improvements, and you try to go back to some of these legacy shitty social media platforms, Facebook's going to be way slower. It's and by slow. I mean, it's just slow. The culture is slow. Instagram, it's fucking lame. Uh, this is where it's happening on social media. And so if, if Elon can continue to preserve free speech, I do believe this is the place to be, Christy. Mike, why don't you go ahead and add something? And then I see Trev's back. I want to hear his thoughts on this as well. 
Yeah, Christy, love you, man. God bless Mississippi, you and Robert, the people uh, still recovering and the people we lost. I, I appreciate all the work you're doing. Great question because I we are the barometer for Twitter. People go, oh, fucking Dilly's still on. Then it's still legit, right? It's like we're kind of there. And people believe in Elon Musk. And so, yeah, you know he's going to flip a profit just like Bezos did with Amazon, it's only a matter of time. And like you said, yeah, it's on the slow road to recovery as he finds shit out. But yeah, once once 45 comes in and lays out a nuke, it's on. And and it's funny because DeSantis, the meatball is friggin' hogtied. He can't respond. He can't say anything because he's not officially announced. And so he's got no clap back. He's got no Twitter presence. He's got zero. And the people he's employed, Dana Lausch and Cardillo and Kurt Schlichter and, and Schill, oh, come on, man. It's a joke. And so uh, I think Twitter is going in the right direction. And I'm very honored that uh, I don't have my 101,000 follower account, but I don't care. I like this account right here. I just hit 10,000. Thanks, everybody. But, Brendan, you see it every day. It's like it's the slow train rolling and it's exciting man so god bless elon musk absolutely trev why don't you come on and uh just talk a little bit about your experience christy basically i don't know if you how much of your her question you heard yeah she was just asking about the stability of, of twitter and kind of our ability you know our chances of being able to actually legitimately um set up a shop here and feel confident it'll be here what do you think trev i i think it's always going to be uh, on edge can you guys hear me okay yes sir Okay. I think that's always going to be sort of on edge. I mean, anything like this, you know, as long as they have the ability to just snatch it away and say, well, you know, it, it, we're a private company, it, that you're always at a risk of that. You never know. I mean, I, Randy got banned for 12 hours for a silly meme about uh, DeSantis and Christina Peshaw. I mean, it, you never know. There's so banking on it and, 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 you know, expecting it to be there and be available for you is probably unrealistic. Uh, I think you're right. I think, you know, Facebook's dead. Facebook's gone the way of MySpace. I don't see it making any kind of a comeback other than with the sort of the grandma, grandpa group and, and, you know, keeping the family together. Maybe that is there, but that's, there's really no money in that. So I don't see how long that's going to last. Um, I mean, I've worked in social media for a long time. And I mean, I started like before Twitter started and all this other stuff back even in MySpace days and watched how these things sort of progress. I think Instagram actually has a potential to do well if they, I mean, they, they're not, I wouldn't call them a free speech platform, but they're definitely freer than they were. Uh, there's still some issues there where they randomly ban and, you know, and do different things uh, because of hurdy words, but um, a lot more so than Twitter. So I think Instagram might have a shot to kind of fill in that space. But I mean, once Twitter kind of gets the handle on its media and certainly like things like spaces, when they fix all the bugs in that, as I've been wrestling with them tonight, but um, I think they're going to, I think Twitter has the, the potential to really surpass. It's going to be timing. And I think People don't really want to be spread out across multiple platforms. I know we did that for a while just because of safety's sake and, you know, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter. And then you got to remember to update all those things. And most of these platforms are starting to become somewhat closed uh, and they don't want to have cross-platform uh, operability. So you can't really post everything. So you have to post after platform, after platform, after platform. And it gets tiresome. People just want, people want to culminate their audience in one place and and be able to communicate with them you know with as with as little effort as possible and i think twitter is poised to be that spot but 
it's all timing. It's all timing. I mean, Instagram could, you know, all they'd have to do is a policy change tomorrow and they'd catch up with Twitter like overnight. Uh, you know, if they, if they had the, if they changed their, their policy to, to mirror what Twitter's trying to do with free speech, I think you would see that platform start to take off overnight. So it really is, it's a timing issue right now. And I think the two biggest contenders are Twitter and, and Instagram. One of the two is going to make it out alive. I think the other one probably either would become a secondary platform or just get eaten up by the, by the, the primary one, the one that wins. So sorry, I was a little long winded, but that's kind of my thoughts on it. Thank you, Trav. That was an excellent answer. <clears throat> okay. Before we get rolling in, because we could stay on any of these subjects pretty much all fucking night. Uh, I want to bring in our next speaker, and that is uh, my friend Mike Engelman. And he uh, he also hosts his own spaces. Uh, I don't know if he's – I believe it might be weekly, but I want to bring him in and, and kind of hear his thoughts and what he uh, – either any comments or questions he may have for us. Hey, Dilly. Miguel Fornia and all you guys. How you doing? What's up, Mike? Doing Good excellent, Very good. Glad to see you're back on Twitter and glad to see you're doing spaces. I don't really have a question. I do have a observation about DeSantis. I call him the establishment DeSantis. Uh, he, there is no way he's on the same level as Donald Trump. And if he does announce and he wants to go toe to toe, he will get smacked down bigly. Uh, can this guy has zero confidence, uh, in my opinion, to go against Trump on the national stage. Florida governor's one thing. Leader of the free world's totally another, and he's aligned himself with all the dirt bags. It's not going to go well if he wants to jump in. So I don't think he's really a threat. Uh, the media is going to be behind him. That's fine. Social media, Twitter, the the MAGA base has has is uh, in for the long haul. They're they're the warriors. They will fight. I don't think the people on the other side understand what they're dealing with when it comes with the MAGA base. The MAGA base is battle-tested. These fuckers on the DeSantis side have no clue. Uh, they don't know what they're up against, and I hope they do jump in because it'll be the shortest primary run uh, probably in history. It's going to be great. But I think, think uh, things are looking great for Trump. My, my, it's You've said it, Dilly, a hundred times, and we all have. The biggest problem we're facing is the election integrity. Uh, we've got to get this shit fixed. And, uh, you know, I don't know what the answer is, but I think, that, like you said before, Dilly, the shape this country is going to be in after this bunch takes us for another year and a half, hell, everybody's going to be begging for Trump. So things are looking up. We just got to battle. It's a battle from here to then, and I think we're ready for it. The other sides aren't. Nobody on the other side, no matter what side they're on, they're not a, they are not ready for the battle like we are. That's all Mike, I have to say, buddy. That was excellent, man. Thank you so much for sh sharing, uh, sharing your thoughts with us I actually, tonight. I actually have a quick question for Mike. Uh, yeah, Mike, you, you were out at the uh, the you were at the Waco rally, right? No, I could not make it to the Waco oh, rally. Gunther was there. Gunther was there. Okay. All right. My bad. Sorry, got it confused. <laughs> That's right, okay. Well, thank yeah, thank you, Mike. Though that was uh, excellent observations, and you're absolutely right. One of the things that that people are sleeping on. A couple of thoughts I want to share with you guys. Remember, Trump supporters, we know we got fucking hosed in 2020. And if you're really honest with yourself, we know that they've never really let our candidate actually preside over this country. His first uh, term was nonstop bullshit. It was nothing but let's see how much we can throw at him and see what he's capable of managing. So the reason that Trump supporters have, the, I think, probably the steely resolve that we do 
we've never been given the full opportunity to see what our candidate can do when he's allowed to actually represent the country and work. One of the stark reminders, and this is something that is, it, you can really thank a lot of the indoctrination, uh, this this whole, and you know, I kind of waxed about it a little earlier about this idea. Oh, everybody's exact same. We're all equal, everybody. Hey, we're, we're all exactly the same. All of our fucking opinions are the same. No, they're not. Okay, they're just fucking not. And, you know, I grew up in the 80s, and I remember being a kid. I used to watch uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, man, Robin Leach. And back in the day, dude, and I remember this as clear as, as like it was just yesterday. In the 80s and the 90s, we had entire uh, infomercials dedicated to rich assholes coming on and sharing the knowledge of what they had done to become successful, right? And people regularly tuned in to find out what this person was going to say because the public in general understood this person has something that I want and I don't have that, so I want to gain the skills necessary to be able to accomplish these things, right? There was a humility that was inherent within the public. Fast forward to 2023. Why in God's name would anybody think that some pissant fucking lawyer who's never actually built a law firm, never actually established a business, who has zero private industry uh, experience or victories, be a a uh, a adequate uh, competition to a multi-billionaire self-made real estate developer in the most hotly contested real estate market on planet fucking earth. It is so unbelievably weird to me that Americans have forgot, like Donald Trump's a fucking billionaire, dude. I don't know if any of you guys are millionaires, but think about how hard it was to make your first million. I don't know if any of you have ever made $10 million. Think about how fucking hard it is to make 10 million or a hundred million. He's a multi-billionaire. Not only that, he's a multi-billionaire that went through some shit and went bankrupt and damn near lost everything and had to rebuild. Imagine being a billionaire once in your life. Then imagine you fucking lost it all and had the intestinal fortitude and the knowledge and the networking skills and the fucking creativity to go from billionaire back to damn near broke, back to billionaire again, all in the same lifetime. This is where people forget. Fuck the politics. As men, these two people are not even in the same stratosphere. This is not close. This is not, these are not adequate opponents. There's nobody like Donald Trump. And I think this is one of the things that I think we need to reestablish in this country. There is a fucking hierarchy. Self-made men and women should be elevated. They should be listened to. And fucking losers who have never done anything other than collect a government fucking check from a bullshit government job should shut the fuck up. They are not in the same league. They don't create anything. They don't fucking build anything. They don't understand what it takes creatively to actually start a business. The risk inherently involved in that. There's zero fucking risk to getting rich in government. All you do is show up, sell your soul and wait for the checks to start rolling in. That is not talent. That is not fucking skill. That is not intelligence. All that is, is grifting scumbags. And that's what most of these people are. And they want to do a false equivalency as if any of these people on either sides of the aisle are in the same league as Donald Trump. It's so fucking aggravating for me as an entrepreneur, somebody who has sponged off of every smart, successful, intelligent person I've been able to come in contact with because I just want to glean what I can to apply to my life and to apply to my business. 
and to have to listen to a bunch of dipshits on media. Again, journalists, these are fucking job people. No disrespect to any of you who have jobs. I get it. Holding a job is very difficult and it has its own inherent risks and whatnot. But are we going to really fucking pretend that showing up to a place that cuts you a check, whether you do good or do bad, is the same as having your entire fucking livelihood on the line on a mega $200, $300 million business deal? It ain't the same. And I think they've done a really good job of creating this culture of narcissistic pricks that like where your average low level pissant CPA working at a fucking a, a, a normal job getting paid 70 bucks an hour actually believes that they have the financial prowess to get in the ring with like a Donald Trump. But that's where we're at culturally right now. Culturally, we've literally got a bunch of morons. I look at a, some of these people in New York. I look at this Alvin Bragg. Who the fuck said Alvin Bragg was qualified to be the district attorney of the Southern District of New York? Now, I understand he bought the election with Soros money, but Letitia James, I'm sorry. I start looking across the landscape at some of these hires that are based entirely on skin color, gender, sexual preference. Dude, they have completely marginalized the actual talent in this country because they're all hell bent on pushing diversity hiring. And it's you look at what the end result is. You've got a country run by fucking idiots. You've got law enforcement and, and prosecu prosecutors who are completely unqualified and inadequate to do this job. And they're out here and they're writing your fucking laws. They're they're filing your lawsuits. They're they're the ones deciding who gets locked up and who gets indicted and who walks free. You wonder why murderers and all these rapists in New York City are walking free. You stab somebody and you're back on the street the next day while the prosecutor in New York is hell bent on trying to to indict a beloved figure in American in America for a non-crime. But this is what you get when you stop having an adequate humility within your culture. And I think that's one of the things we're suffering through right now. I don't know, boys, if you guys want to add anything to that, but that was just kind of my own little soapbox I want to get on. I mean, that's a mic drop of, <laughs> for sure. hundred I agree hundred percent. Yeah, me too. It's just, <sighs> It's just interesting. I know the frustration, Brendan, like you see these people that think, oh, well, Donald here, he's a, he had a trust fund and da, da, da. That's just stupidity. And we're so past the stupidity and we see through it. I, I look at Team Meatball's campaign and going, they're, they're literally right now one of his AstroTurf accounts. Uh, Donald, uh, DeSantis has nothing to do with the Bushes. I'm like, dude, we're so over the target. It's just funny, dude. It's funny. Absolutely. Mike, I see you got another comment. Jump on in here, brother. Yeah, I want to just add that everything you said is correct, and I think that uh, the underestimation of the MAGA base being sophisticated, they are sophisticated, they are intelligent, they are grounded, they are the grassroots of this country. And I want to add one last thing. Proof of that is your following, the Daily 300. You have the, some of the most loyal followers that have always followed you, from the times you've been banned on Twitter, from you come back, I see everybody in this group that's that we're all following each other. That's what it's all about. It's the grassroots. It's the sophistication. It's the level of the battlefield. We all know what it's going to be, and that's what we're here. And uh, just honored to have you all as friends and followers and carry on. I'm done. Thank you. Thanks, bro. Thanks, Mike. 
Excellent. Thank you, Mike. All right. I got another speaker we got to bring in here. And uh, he, he has joined us now for, I think, all of our Twitter spaces, which is awesome. And that's our, our friend uh, Golden Device, a.k.a. Richard. So, Richard, um, we just gave you, uh, I think I got you the mic. And uh, you go ahead and add a, either a comment, question, or, or whatever. All right. What's up, Richard? Hey, hey. How's everybody doing, man? Hey, I just got to say, I'm one of those shit posters who stayed on Twitter somehow. I don't have no idea how I never got banned. But I got a couple 24-hour stations. You're a cute dog, bro. You're a golden retriever. Nobody bans golden retrievers, dude. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, but they also gave me – I got a full week in Twitter jail, too, after – I got a two 24-hours and a full week. But I got around it a lot of my shit posting. I just did by, you know, fucking with the words. You know, I like spell China virus with full caps and then, like, leave the capital I as a small L. So that's how I get around that shit. But – Anyway, yeah, yeah. You're, you're one of the ones I referred to that kind of flew in under the radar. That that you're you're in that group for sure. Yeah, I mean, who, would, who would fucking ban a dog like with that face, right? But anyway, dude, you're the Fra- we're the Francis Marion, dude. You're the swamp fox, the unconventional warfare. That's what you are. <laughs> right on. Hey, so I want to let's inject some positive vibes right now. So, you know, I'm a huge uh, conservative treehouse person. I've been following them for shit 15 years, right? And what's so fucking great right now, because this dude, he's been on top of the fucking unit party since uh, 2009, I think, 2008. Been reading him for a long time. Uh, He's the reason I joined Twitter, actually. But anyway, uh, what's great is to see a merge of those people who have been following and reading him and the Dilly 300. It's fucking pure fucking fire because, uh, I mean, it's great because I'm a... You know, I'm a part of both groups. I listen to your show when I can. I can't listen to it live at work all the time, but I, I catch it on replay, and my daughter listens to it. She stays with us two nights a week because she has to drive too far on the other side of fucking L.A., but um, so she catches it and tunes me in. And I, and I Richard, can I her. tell you something real quick? What's that? I got to tell you something. I got to tell you, you're going to like this. So Conservative Treehouse, they, he didn't like me before. Okay, so Sundance did not like me. The conservative treehouse did not like me. And and honestly, if if the, for those people in here who know the story, most of the I guess we'd call them not mainstream, but like traditional conservative kind of like people in 2018, 2019, they were like, this guy is a foul mouth, disgusting. You know, they had a real problem with my delivery. And I kept warning them. I talk this way because I understand what's coming down the pipeline. And if you truly respect and understand what's coming down the pipeline, you know, this ain't a time to worry about whether or not we're cursing or we're saying the right thing or being politically correct. And I got a lot of shit. I always agreed with his politics and I don't know that they ever had a problem with my politics. They always had a problem with my messaging. That is until now. And now it seems that conservative tree, a tree house and, and, and uh, Sundance seem to really be enjoying the Dilly 300. I think that we are we are an aggressive group of people. We are unapologetic. We we insert humor into almost everything we do. But there is an inherent honesty within this group because we have cold the herd so many times through the years. We don't let fucking scumbags stay around this group. We remove them immediately uh, and we stay very grounded. It's a very tight community. But at the end of the day, we are good people. These are all working class people. These are people who have grinded, who have came from nothing, who have built something. And uh, and I think there's a, there's a, res- a mutual respect there. And I personally, I enjoy the conservative treehouse. I like Sundance. I like that we now are are pulling in the same direction. And then maybe I think there's kind of the the under like I think he understands and gets what what I'm trying to accomplish and certainly what our team is trying to accomplish now. 
And so, yeah, it's it's definitely expanded things. I think it's 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 sort of bringing even more people into the fight that that might have not, uh, you know, because it's never good when people feel like they have to pick one or the other, right? It's always better when there's that mutual respect and we go, okay, what's our agreed upon goal, and let's hit it together. And that's kind of what's happening right now. What what do you think of that, Richard? Uh, to be honest, I think the biggest issue he had way back in early time was the Q bullshit. He was very anti against people who were listening to the bullshit, like Jeff Session, the fucking, what was that guy's fucking name? The Sessions clown. All, we don't even need to go there, bro. Let's not even give the fucking dead name. But you're right, so, though. And, I agree with you. So so he was very anti fucking cutard way back when it fucking started he thought it was bullshit back then so if anybody was like anywhere near that path maybe that where it was i don't know about the language part that's new to me but um so anyway i wasn't on twitter until 2017 so anything before that you know i'm pretty much oblivious to but that's just my perspective as far as reading him because i've been reading his blog since shit fucking 12, 13 years when he, he's been calling out the fucking Decepticons, he calls them back then. And now later he changed the name to the Uniparty, but he's been calling out Mitch McConnell's bullshit for fucking since he got there. So that's why yeah. I respect him because no, I've been yep. following politics for so long that he has my respect because he's always fucking right about this shit and the Uniparty. Well, and the and consistency, right? We, we You can respect a guy that's right. consistent, right, Richard? Consistently right. Yep. I agree with you. I know. I yeah. agree. I, so, you know, I caught a lot of shit, Richard. I, I caught a lot of shit back on Twitter, too. And I think this was sort of where I was unfairly judged also was, um, yeah. you know, I was a supporter of people who were, who were within that community. I myself didn't read any of that shit. That was their deal. That was cool. And I was trying to be a supporter of those people because they were supporting Trump. And I think exactly. that that wasn't a yeah. delineation that was made for a lot of people. They didn't understand. I'm like, look, I don't I'm not involved with that shit. I don't have an opinion either direction because I don't care. I'm here to yeah, support Donald common, Trump. You got a common bond. And that's what matters. Exactly. The common bond yep. was fucking Trump and our country. And that's all that matters. You know, yep. so, amen, brother. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and I'm a man of God who swears probably as much as you do. So here we are. <laughs> anyway, hey, dude, that's OK. Yeah. So, hey, I'll, I'll mute out. I'm about to eat some dinner. I'm on the West Coast. So love you all and have a fantastic evening. And thank you, Richard. And have take a care, good day. Richard. All right. Take care, guys. I'm right, not out yet. I, I will not out yet. You can drop me a speaker, but uh, we'll I'll do. still be listening until dinner's ready. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, fellas. So uh, I think uh, is there anything else that we need to touch on tonight? Boys, I, I think I've kind of hammered on everything that I felt was like the most relevant this week. I think Trump rally. Uh, we hit on DeSantis. We talked uh, about a little bit on polling. Uh, oh, we got oh, we got a Tiffy request. Let's see what Tiff uh, she wants to uh, add in here. We'll just try to add her as a speaker and see if we got Tiff. Are you there, hon? I'm here. Hey. Okay, go for it. You 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 have the mic. I was just about to wrap, but you you uh, jumped in at the exact right Yay. time. Go ahead. No, on. I was just going to thank you guys so much for doing this because the feedback that y'all are getting and what you're covering and how you're doing it is is incredible and it's it's so impactful and useful for everybody. And so that's all I wanted to say. I love you, Brendan, Michael, Trev. I love y'all so much, and thank you for providing this space. Um, every week. It's just, it's incredible. So thanks guys. That's it. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Tiffy. We love you. 
Uh, thanks, Elon, for fixing some of the bugs. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Tiff. Well, you know Thank what's so you, funny? You know what's funny about this, guys? And I know because Mike and, and Trev, like the three of us, when we talk and when we hung out in person, um, this is essentially the exact same conversation you guys would all be privy to if we were sitting uh, around a table uh, bullshitting. This is just – and that's kind of the way we choose to operate. I I, I don't want to be ever referred to as media. I don't want to be a journalist. Uh, I know Mike and Trev certainly don't want to either. And I think that that's one of those things where – you know, we're, we want to be as uh, you know, we are exactly like all of you. We're, we are big fans of President Trump. We want to play our part in saving America. And this is what we've been able to put together and, and sort of where, where we're at right now. And so <clears throat> I think that's been been kind of the uh, the direction we're going. And we're trying to do a, a show weekly that is relatable to the average American who's out there and, and, and has, you know, goals and and and. Uh, is pulling in that same direction. I see my wife is requested guys. So like I, I, I see you too, Dwayne, but I'm going to have to give Randy the, uh, yeah, it's the wife. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not leapfrogging the wife. So I just invited Randy. Uh-oh. Yeah. Cause you, you just, you, you see the wife raise the hand and you're like, God, ah, no, I'm going to go to Dwayne here. Like, I'm sorry, Dwayne. It's going to, it's going to be Randy. Go ahead, honey. Yeah. But, baby. Hi. Yeah. I didn't mean to raise my hand, but hi, love you guys. <laughs> Great <laughs> Are you walking the dog? Yes. I'm walking oh my god! <laughs> I am walking up. We were on a roll. It's okay, Trev. You can edit this for the podcast. Yeah, no, it's staying in. It's staying in. No. Oh my god! No, I'm walking uphill, and I'm really out of breath. So I really didn't want to have a microphone on me right now. I don't even know how I did that shit, but I saw you like called on me or something, and I was like, oh. Sorry. Anyway, love you guys. Really informative. Great takes. Fun to listen to you. Thanks a lot. XOXO. Okay, please don't. Let me stroke out walking the dog. I'm out of here. Sir Robert. Jesus. Okay. That is my wife walking our dog through the neighborhood, not realizing she accidentally raised her hand to speak. And that's about the most randy thing you're ever going to have happen. Um, (laughs) <laughs> that is awesome okay boys we gotta wrap uh i ain't going it's getting a little late long to Dwayne. i see you bro i want to get to you but not tonight uh we'll have to bring you in next week but uh thank you guys mike uh trev dude we were able to pull it off we're back on track with our maga weekly uh spaces and i'm thrilled i'm happy to be here with you guys uh mike any any final words and then we'll go to trev and then we'll kind of wrap yeah, I would just want to say thanks, everybody, for listening. Just share it out. I, I'm excited about what's to come for the show. It's just kind of overview of of what's happening, and it's a beautiful thing. And and uh, we're not going anywhere, man. And we're we're honored to uh, to create memes to to be a voice. And uh, we love you guys for sharing out our stuff. And so it's really an honor. And so thank you, Trev. If you want to add some closing statements, please go for it right now, bro. So Trev probably bailed already. He's like, all right, I'm done. He's like, I'm done. He's like, he just walks out. There's, there's not even a comment. He just dipped. No, so I see Trev just fell off. So something must have happened with the connection. But uh, all right, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. This is MAGA Weekly. It is every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. I am the host, author, Brendan Dilley. 
And that is my good friend, Miguel Afornia, is the co-host, and uh, Magical Trevor, my other co-host, two very talented and wonderful patriots. Uh, I will be back tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern on The Dilly Show. You can find that here on Twitter, or you can find it on Rumble. You just go to dillyshow.com. Don't forget, these Twitter spaces are all being converted into podcasts. So every uh, week that we do these, Magical Trevor goes in, turns on his magical producer skills, and it is a podcast. It'll be available on all major podcast platforms probably no later than tomorrow afternoon, uh, whether it's Apple, uh, you know, iTunes, uh, what's the other one, Spotify, Amazon, all of them. Uh, you'll be able to download this as well. If you missed any parts of it or you came in late, please go ahead and download download that. You just go to dillyshow.com. There's some links there or just go through your normal uh, podcast provider and you can just search for uh, Brendan Dilly and you'll find it. But anyway, you guys, God bless you. God bless America and God bless President Donald J. Trump. I see Trevor and he wants to come in and give us some final statements just as I'm about to wrap. Go, Trev, go. <laughs> there it is. The podcast will be available tonight, but God bless you guys. Thank and we'll you guys. See all of you. Yeah, we'll see all of you next Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for MAGA Weekly. See you guys. Bye, guys.